Curry, your friendly neighborhood astrologer, and this is Radio Free Astrology. My guest today is going to be on in a few minutes. It's Joseph Milnes of Astrologeeks. You're going to want to hear that. We're covering a lot of ground, including developing apps and what the heck is a profection anyway. But before we get to that, it's time for the weekly breakdown. No, not that kind of breakdown. The breakdown of the astrological events that'll be happening this week. And you know what? Uh, this week has me a little concerned, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's not all bad news. It's never always bad news. Like, for example, the week starts out with Mercury conjunct Venus, which is a really nice creative time. Uh, it's a chance to ask nicely for things and to write that love letter, make that apology. And just, it's generally good for creative pursuits. So keep that in mind when we get to all the bad news. Like, for example, October 31st, Halloween. Yeah, I know, I tried to hold it off as long as possible, but Mercury's going retrograde again. And, um, you know, here's the thing. All the standard warnings apply with this Mercury retrograde. Um, however, given that this one is in Scorpio, I can't help but think that the screw-ups that we're all going to make as far as our communications and our short trips and our agreements um, might have kind of edgier results. So please, proofread, please think before you open your mouth, and please make really sure you have directions to get to where you're going. Yeah, Mercury retrograde might be kind of a hassle, but and it's here not we are nearly right as stuck big in the middle the of both of them. Think, especially uh, the when it's compared to that I'm talking the about is that happening. It's kind of Mars in Libra, one of them actually Saturn in Capricorn, the exact degree and last that, week and the next one isn't really kind the exact degree until next week. You're gonna find there's a lot of obstacles, a lot of people being unnecessarily obstinate, a lot of folks just not playing along. And keep in mind that when these other people are making trouble for you that way, you might be making trouble for them, too. This is particularly important because if you've been uh, following my work for a while, in print, you'll know all about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, the big news that is exact in the upcoming January, but is still going to be a tremendous influence both on world events in general and specifically in the lives of many of you out there listening now. This is in some ways a week when you're going to get maybe a sneak preview of what that conjunction is going to be doing in your life. Because although Mars square Saturn was exact last week, it's still in effect this week, and Mars is now building up to the square to Pluto. Oh dear, Mars square Pluto, that does sound bad, doesn't it? It doesn't have to be a disaster, but it's going to be difficult. I said that Mars square Saturn was going to see a lot of people being stubborn and obstinate and getting cranky. Pluto's going to turn that up to 11. And, you know, the one thing I can recommend is just try to be nice to each other. Take your time. Don't jump to any conclusions. And double down on everything I said about Mercury retrograde. Because, you know, getting cranky unnecessarily about things is one thing. Getting up at 3 a.m., and sending a hostile email to your boss about it is quite another. But I have faith in you. I know you can do it. And if you ever need to talk to an astrologer about these things, the address is astrologyshow at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know you're out there. And you know what? Ask for a free ebook. Why not? I'll bet you I'll send you one. Anyway, in a few minutes, I'm going to be having an in-depth conversation with Joseph Milnes, where we're talking about astrology, technology, and profections. Whatever the heck those are. Yeah, I, I, I know what they are, but a lot of people don't. And I've been working a lot with them recently, and it's a fascinating predictive technique. Anyway, uh, that'll be in a minute. But first, a very important announcement from Marianne Williamson. Hi, I'm Marianne Williamson. I'm considering writing to Matthew Curry for a free ebook. And I want to tell you why. I think you should too. Previous to the founding of this country, 
the entire civilization of Europe was run according to a monarchical and an aristocratic system. Who were the only people who could afford an astrologer? Nobody else had those rights. Nobody else was entitled. Everybody else, which was the vast majority of the population, couldn't get a discount on a reading. That's why Abraham Lincoln would later regret not sending an email to astrologyshow at gmail.com. That's what we need to do. Write Matthew Curry today. We have to recognize you can get a free one-month forecast if you send Matthew your date, time, and place of birth. We need to all remember that getting a reading is a part of what it means to be a conscious, mature person. We have to realize and remember. Write Matthew Curry today. And I look forward to hearing what you think. Thank you. Today I'm speaking with the CEO of Astrology, Joseph Milnes. He's a great guy, an intelligent person, and I'm not just saying that because I write for his site. But it's true nonetheless. Joseph, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm not bad at all. How, uh, this, uh, now we're recording this on the 20th, but it's, I want to start out with this right away. Um, as everyone probably knows listening to this, it's on Halloween the 31st is when Mercury goes retrograde. Uh, and as I was saying to uh, Annabelle Gatt on the previous show, if you're an astrologer or if you write about astrology or anything like that, it's uh, it's kind of like, you know one of those cooking shows where you have a theme ingredient and you have to do five completely different things with it? <laughs> that's, that's kind of what it's like writing about or talking to people about Mercury Retrograde. Um, I guess what I'm saying here is, what do we want to say to people about it that hasn't already been said? Um, well, I, I, honestly, it's just, because I, I believe Mercury goes retrograde in Scorpio, does it not? Yeah. It does. All right. So Mercury is obfuscated in uh, Scorpio. It's an obsessive sign. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would expect like, um, cause the day that Mercury goes retrograde, let's see, uh, October 31st, um, Mercury will be tightly conjunct Venus. So, you know, I, I'm assuming, and, and, I'm assuming that, you know, it's easier for people to, like, um, if, if they're starting, like, love relationships or, like, they're having, like, you know, relationship um, difficulties or whatever, it'd be easier to, like, obsess over the things, like, um, that we say to our loved ones or uh, obsess over loved ones or um, uh, become um, controlling in relationships. And that's kind of, like, where... You know, because it's a it's a holiday. You know, it, it a lot of people yeah. will be partying and celebrating. I'm not sure what day of the week Halloween is on. Let me double check. It's, it's a Thursday, so it's yeah. it's you know it's a party week. So probably the weekend prior to and like the weekend after would be like active party times. And uh, I, I can see like things getting a little out of hand. So I guess the best thing to do is just to watch your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the best possible Mercury retrograde advice is just sit down and shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I want to ask you about astrology geeks. And it's the first thing I should mention here, though, other than that, is that when I, I, I I've known you for a little while, and I, I look at your Facebook page, and you list yourself as, uh, is it the CEO of astrology geeks? Yes, I'm the chief executive officer, the owner, and the uh, lead software engineer. And I'm willing to bet that unlike most people developing uh, astrological apps, that you really know your astrology. Like, I, why, why don't you bill yourself as an astrologer? Let's, let's put it that way. Um, well, I... Because you know your stuff. I don't do a lot of readings. Um, I'm just okay. so busy that I, I, if I could go full-time, like, you know, doing readings regularly, um, I would. But um, I really just, I, I can't. Um... I'm, like, so bogged down with, like, uh, and, and it's not just astrology geeks that I run either. Like, you know, I'm, I'm actually, like, um, uh, the lead web developer now for the National Council for Geocosmic Research. And, uh, yes. and you know, that's, like, one of the biggest names in um, astrology organizations. And yeah. I'm taking on a lot of work with having to help save them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because their original website um, was... You know, from the dinosaur age, um, <laughs> and uh, an angel fire site or something. Like yeah, that. and there's a lot to fix and take care of, and they really need the help. Like there are um, a lot of security things going on, so like that's just like one of my my many projects that I'm like trying to juggle right now. Um, plus, like I have uh, I have a day job to try to like pay the bills. 
Um, okay. and then, you know, I take on like freelance work too. So, um, that's more lucrative than, um, doing astrology, uh, astrology, you know, readings. Um, I will every yeah. now and then, but, um, you know, it's just, um, it's something that I, 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 I use to like help people when like, you know, I'm asked, but I don't, you know, I just don't do readings. And I think that's what yeah. just makes it so that way I don't say like, you know, I'm an astrologer, which I am. It's just that uh, a practicing, pra- you know, professional is is a little bit of a different definition, and from what I understand. Okay. okay. I, uh, you know, I have a Google News alert set up for uh, astrology apps, and whenever there's a press conference or an article about something like that, um, I get a notice. And one thing I've noticed every once in a while, and that doesn't ping every day by any means. But one thing I've noticed is the most common thing that you get when you do the Google News search for astrology apps is that you'll find, um, like a press con, a press release saying, Hey, millennials really like astrology. And here's some people who decided to throw a bunch of money into an astrology app. And now, so please buy it. And when you actually go to see the results, they're kind of, I don't want to pick on anyone else, but you know what? The apps I've seen are kind of, Generic, mm-hmm. um, maybe kind of, yeah, uh, and yet at the same time, what you're working on is different. So I guess I, what I'm asking here is, tell us how astrology is different or will be different than the crap that's out there. Okay, so um, as you know, it's not all crap, but oh yeah, <clears throat> well, a fair amount. There is, there's, a, and I will nitpick, I will name call. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, there's some people that, okay, let me break it down. So first let's talk about like what is out there on the market and there, for the most part, you get like astrology calculators, like, you know, like Vedic ones, for example, like I think uh, it's Astro Sage. Um, uh, that one is just, it, it calculates incorrectly. Um, Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, the natal chart is one thing, but then when it, like, um, talks about aspects and, like, house positions, like, for transits and stuff like that, it's way off. So, um, it, it just, it, it wasn't really cared for as far as, like, how it was built. Um, there's other apps that, like, had a good, like, they had a really good opportunity, but they didn't expand on it and I haven't been updated in, like, six years. Um, Astro, okay. AstroTab, that one is, like, Basically, it, it builds a local database. So if you delete the app or you switch devices, you know you have to start fresh as far as like all your all your entries. Um, oh. and, and since it hasn't been updated in like six years, um, it's it, it's having more and more bugs and like um, crashes and like it only has like three or four different calculations, which is a natal chart, transit chart, uh, current chart, and then a composite or a synastry wheel. Um, okay. so it's kind of limited as far as like what it can do, but you know, one of the things that all these apps do that are in common is that they're running, um, the Swiss ephemeris locally on the device, which uh, allows for quick processing of the astrological calculations, like, you know, positions and stuff like that. Um, so it's instant and fast, but because everything is done locally on all these apps, it, it, it's just like the same with like, you know, the, the big PC, um, uh, software is if, if right. you switch devices or you, if you delete the app or, um, you know, something were to happen, you're going to lose everything. And that's the one thing mm-hmm. that most of them have in common is that you're going to lose all your data. Um, so what makes, um, uh, uh, what I'm building right now is the Astro Cloud app, um, which is basically, the uh, Android app extended version of what's available on the website, astrologeeks.com. Okay. And it is, as it, I mean, it's the first cloud-based astrology app that has um, 19 calculations, um, which goes further in depth than just, okay. you know, natal charts. And it can do progressions and solar arcs, and um, it can do uh, annual perfections and uh, progressed moon declinations. Plus a, a handful of relationship tools. Like, it, it, literally, I could list all 19, but... <laughs> well, and you know what's interesting, and I want to get back to uh, this particular subject in a minute, because, uh, I, as you know, there are all kinds of astrological techniques. It, it, basically, 
if you've gotten to the point where you think you've learned all the astrology you need to know, then you, you're wrong. Right, right. <laughs> and um, I, I, I will admit there are some things I have worked with more than others. Um, and Perfections is kind of one of those things that I hadn't even really gotten around to looking at until recently. And it's kind of like, now that I'm looking at them, I think, whoa, dude, this is a cool idea. So, um, just what, in your words, what's the easiest way to describe it? Is it Annual Perfections is the correct use? Yes, Annual Perfections. Um, it is a Hellenistic astrology technique, so it's well over two and a half thousand years old. Um, it's the, it's, um... A time lord technique, and a time lord technique in Hellenistic astrology is like equivalent to like the Dasha system in Vedic astrology. Yeah, I was going to say it looks, it feels kind of similar to that. And by the way, uh, anyone who knows me uh, very well at all knows that this is the point in the show that I am going to insert a sound effect involving time lord. <laughs> There you go, the Doctor Who reference. Got that out of the way. So now, as I understand it, stop me if I'm wrong, but the idea is is that, let's say, if a person was born with Aries rising. Okay. The first year of their life, their Mars transits, Mars being the ruler of Aries, their Mars transits will take on particular significance. Yes, so from birth to age one, if they're Aries rising, then, um, so, depend. yeah, the and, and the, let's put it into context real quick. The annual perfections uses only the whole sign house system, and it uses um, traditional rulers, so it doesn't use modern rulerships. It won't work in any other house system or uh, or, or modern rulerships. Um, so in in that context, whatever degree that the ascendant is in, the the whole sign that the ascendant is in becomes the first house. Um, so, st- starting at year zero, if it's an Aries rising, then yeah, uh, it's an Aries perfected year. It's a first house perfection, and Mars transits and transits of the natal Mars are um, the more important or significant transits. That um, okay. and and the whole point of this technique is to sift out which transits are more meaningful and which ones hold more impact and which ones you can do more accurate predictions with. Yeah. Like the uh, like the uh, Vedic system of uh, periods and subperiods, where if you're in a Jupiter subperiod, then your Jupiter is more likely to play out during that time. Yes, yes, and and, and annual perfections is like um, it's very simple um, once you get like the the concept down. Pretty much like you have you know you have the natal the natal chart, and so whatever mm-hmm. aspects and condition uh, and sect that Mars is in in the natal chart is going to hold promise for that perfection. So not yeah. the idea behind annual perfections is that not all transits are, uh, uh, not all aspects in the natal chart are active throughout the entire life. In fact, they lie dormant until activated when they're um, awakened as a Time Lord. Okay. Okay. Uh, that See, that makes sense. I'm going to be, between now and when this actually airs, I'm going to double down on digging into this and maybe during the show or afterwards let everyone know what I think about it. But what little I've seen so far, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it's it's very easy. In fact, um, when I, when you can look at the table of perfections for you know yourself, and you can go back in time, you'll you'll un, you'll see certain themes repeating. Now, now, not all transits are identical throughout all, all all time, you know. So, but you'll see like some like certain trends kind of uh, repeating, whether whether they be you know better or for worse, but the themes are definitely the same. And so that's where. Um, the house perfection comes in um, okay. because it's it's you know the twelve areas of life that are activated you know in in repetitive cycles. So every twelve years, these um, these each house is awakened and then the time lord is is activated. And so um, you know you'll see certain themes repeating, and then um, when certain transits come and activate, you know one year will be bigger than another. Does that make sense? Um, it does. It does. And uh, speaking of big things repeating, uh, one of the things that uh, is going on now and that we're building up to, and I almost wonder if I put too much of an emphasis on it, uh, is the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And um, how do I put this exactly? Just because the last time that happened, and that was, what, 82, 83, whatever it was? Okay. Um, 
I, I know it was a nightmare hellscape for me. <laughs> um, it's not shaping up really thrilling. Oh, God, I just realized I stumbled into an awkward position where I almost have to ask how old you are. Um, how did you find the, that last Saturn-Pluto conjunction affected you? This is like the thing in the, uh, the job interview where they're not legally asked to allow you <laughs> Well, I wasn't born yet. Um, oh, well, so... If, if anything, you know, I was like, my, my mom was in a funky relationship and I was trying to be conceived. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as I know, it, my existence, I, I mean, I'm not old enough to remember, but I do know that if we look at like mundane events, you know, that was like what, just before 1984, um, in which yeah. a lot of like dystopian literature came out and like, yeah. Um, I believe that, um, I'm not sure if, uh, who the president was, but wasn't there like some sort of scandal revolving the president at the time? Oh, Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, um, you know, we can see that because Saturn represents <laughs> government and Pluto represents like secrets and, you know, things that are hidden and then control and power, you know? Yeah. And so when they team up, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to like see like corruption in the government and like, you know, secrecy, and, you know, that's when a lot of discussion about, like, um, uh, uh, a, a police state spy network, you know, was going on. The yeah, book night. Not, not like there's anyone talking about that sort of thing now. Right, right. And yeah. so we can see how those themes are repeating, and, and, and that's a very significant transit. And, and, and it's gonna get, um, and it's, actually I think every astrologer, um, is like aware of this transit because it is a really big deal. Um, and yeah. Jupiter is gonna come and join in in 2020 and, and make it all fun. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> we could, we could use some fun at this point. Right, and Jupiter can like expand on like, the way I see this combination, because it falls in Capricorn, um, you know, this is definitely has to do with, like, the current power structure. And it has a lot to do with, like, you know, the established government. It doesn't matter what political party. That's really not the important thing. Uh, it's it's just yeah. about the entire structure altogether. Um, it's about, like, um, a, an extremism as far as um, holding on to power. And, like, um, you know, there's definitely going to be, like, a, a fight for 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 dominance over um the power structure um yeah. and jupiter you know everyone thinks that jupiter is like super positive like jupiter is the lucky planet in, in my opinion jupiter um just exacerbates you know whatever it is the touches for like better or for worse yeah. um so it could be mitigated or it could just get like way more out of hand because it's right um on election year <laughs> <laughs> oh right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so oh my, I w oh I wouldn't be surprised to you know he, uh, see the um uh the frustration and argumentation and like um uh, uh, uh I would I would definitely say that that people are gonna hold on really tight and grip onto what they can, um whether yeah. their beliefs, their political affiliation, like. You know, people are really going to take a opinionated like side on it. And well, I yeah. I never voted, so um, I plan on keeping it that way. <laughs> and I, I don't. I just you're not part of the problem. I am not. Yeah, exactly. I, I just don't want to take opinion or sides on it because it's one of those things that like it that wouldn't help the the kind of energy that's presented by the Saturn Pluto Jupiter conjunction. That, and you know, I've given up on making any public pronouncements about this politician or that politician astrologically, simply because, you know, 25% of the audience will automatically agree with you because you do or don't like politician acts. 25% will take the opposite stance, and the 50 in the middle are probably sick and tired of it. Anyway. Right, exactly. Plus, you know, with, with something like that, it's a 50-50% like toss-up as far as like, um, you know, what the actual result may be. Um, it's either or, it's one or the other, and that's kind of like part of the problem that's like represented with like Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto conjunction is, you know, you have this two party system and, you know, nothing's really gotten done. Like everyone's fighting with each other. Yeah. You know? That, that, and I think that astrologers, just like anyone else, if you are naturally disposed to automatically cheerlead for one philosophy over another, 
you, it's going to naturally color any of your predictions about it. Right, and not just that, but like most of the time we cannot get a hold of accurate birth birth times for half of these people. And yeah. there's no point in doing a prediction when you can't get an accurate birth time. And then even then, there's a lot to consider. Um, yeah. So it, I would lay low. Because last time that that happened, you know, um, uh, everyone at the International Society for Astrological Research uh, predicted a Hillary win. But, you know, that that turned out to be the opposite case. That, that did not. There was a recent, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember who did it, um, a webinar from there about why most people got it wrong. And it's... Rem How do I put this? Like a lot of things in life, it was remarkably complicated and easy to misinterpret. Yeah, and we didn't have Hillary's birth time either, which made it, you know, even yeah. more obfuscated, so... And, and people, I think, tend to have a short memory for this, but the uh, astrology around the 2000 election was pretty damn screwball, too. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that one, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't doubt it. I mean, that was, that was like when Bush won, mm. but Gore should have won, and oh yeah, count in which county? Yeah, and, this, didn't Florida have a recount that year, and that changed the result yeah. on everything? Yeah, and it went to the Supreme Court as to okay. Is this kind of ballot where, you know, the hole was punched improperly, does this count? Is it, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, and that's kind of just, yeah, so elections are really just one of the most difficult things to predict, and honestly, they don't happen frequently enough to be able to, like, you know, thoroughly test out a method that, that works out best. My opinion, if we had accurate birth times and used Time Lord systems in combinations with transits, we could make a determination, but, you yeah. know, that re that requires having, um, you know, two uh, uh, two people picked out. You know, they, they already, we have to get so far into it, you know. Um, yeah. And, and it, that and and just no matter how messy American politics gets, <laughs> try Brexit. Right, right. And, be, and, you know, I think that we've got bigger things to worry about anyway, since, you know, um, we are uh, coming up to like the 19 year synodic. Is it the synodic cycle or is it? Um, I forgot the word for it, but basically it's a 19-year cycle of eclipses. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we're coming up to the 19-year uh, anniversary of 9-11. Oh, yeah. In, right. in which, the, um, in case, you know, for the listeners out there that don't know, every 19 years, an eclipse falls on the exact same degree, at right. minus a few minutes, um, as it did, you know, the pre the 19 years before. So every 19 years it repeats, just moving slightly, you know, forward ever so slightly. And last time that that happened, um, the eclipse fell at zero degrees Cancer. Right. And that right, that yeah. fell on the United States Venus. And 9/11, um, the actual day of the attack, coincided with Mars passing over that eclipse point. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. And, and of course, uh, the U.S. birth chart is also coming up on its Pluto return. Yeah, and so I'm a little more concerned about, um, the fact that this, uh, upcoming eclipse that's happening next June or July, I can't remember. I, I know I did a, 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 a thing on this. Um, but, uh, essentially, you know, we're gonna have that eclipse repeated, but this time Mars is squared the eclipse. And so I've timed down that April of 2021, we should like expect like, you know, a big violent event or like something, you know, maybe not necessarily violent, but like it could be war. It could be, you know, um, something that happens with the leadership or it, it could be, um, it could be another terrorist attack. Cause that's what Mars rules is fear and panic and, you know, terror. Like that's what Mars you know, rules and violence and fire yeah. and all that other stuff. So I'm more concerned about that. Not, not that, um, you know, it's to scare anybody, but you know, it's, it's just a, a, an event I have my eye on. Um, yeah, you know, and here's the thing, this reminds me of something is that, uh, if, if you or anyone listening has ever been to a lot of, you know, like, uh, psychic or new age fairs where, you know, you have your tarot readers and you have your clairvoyance and you have your, uh, people selling crystals and people doing Reiki and all that is that if you think of the people at a new age fair as being kids in high school, um, the astrologers that you find there are usually the equivalent of the goth kids smoking out of that <laughs> and <laughs> <True>. <laughs> seeing the gloom and everything. It's true. That's true. 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 even then, like those are astrologers. You you know, it's very interesting because like people who are really in depth in astrology like associate with other astrologers, and it's a community where you know everyone's like sharing knowledge off of each other and like practicing and like you know usually you're part of like the big groups of some kind, or or eventually you get into like you know going to the conferences and stuff like that. Um, but the you know then you run into the the um. I call them like playground astrologers where, you know, they, if they can't uh, see something in an astrology chart, cause they don't really have that much like skill, then they'll turn, yeah. they'll turn to tarot cards or, or other forms of divination, um, to help them get an answer, which is just very subjective. I, that's why I prefer astrology. Cause it's, um, you can't, you well, can't spoof a chart. You can't randomize it. That, that, and I just, this is one of my biggest objections to using asteroids a lot, is that if you want an answer, you know, will my relationship work out, despite the fact that it isn't? <laughs> you, can, you can go through the Rolodex of asteroids until you finally find, you know, your secondary progressed Eros was conjunct the other person's solar arc Neptune, therefore your soulmate. Yeah, I, I call that TMI astrology. Um, yeah. where someone shows a chart and there's like 50 points on there and it's like every point you could ever get and the entire chart looks like just nothing but like, like lines. <laughs> yeah. And there, yeah, there was an interesting analogy here. Any chance you ever used to watch House MD? No. Where every, okay, every week they would solve some kind of mystery illness. And at some point, someone asked, you know, we've got all this expensive equipment. When someone comes in with a mystery illness, why don't you just give them a full body scan? And the answer to that is that even a, a normally healthy human body, if you do a full body scan, will have like half a dozen or so little anomalies in it that could easily sidetrack you from finding the proper diagnosis. That makes sense. And I almost think throwing in too many asteroids and TNOs and TMIs, whatever. Um, kind of a risk of that. Yep. So, long long story short, uh, fresh ingredients simply prepared, uh, whole sign houses, traditional rulerships still work. Yes, absolutely. They're the only rulerships I use. Um, and I, I, I'm, I lean towards Hellenistic astrology, even though in Hellenistic astrology we are incorporating Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. We just don't assign them rulerships. So in Hellenistic astrology, we kind of have more of a pessimistic view of those three planets. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Uranus is very disruptive. Neptune can be very illusory. And, like, Pluto is very obsessive and um, and, and secretive. And, and that has a lot to do with, like, the philosophy that these planets are not visible. Um, the the seven visible planets, you know, we've known about for thousands of years. They're very obvious in, like, their effects. Um, yeah. the outer planets were only recently discovered and like, you know, in the long scheme of things, they're, they're brand new. Um, yeah. and we, so we really don't know that much about them and we are learning about them. And, uh, it's just that, um, they are not reliable, um, planets to like assign a rulership to just because you find it fits an archetype doesn't mean it rules that archetype. It doesn't rule that archetype. It may share yeah. qualities, but. You know, I think in in the, in another thousand years we might be able to you know come to an understanding and definition of these planets um, over yeah. time, but it takes a lot of observation, and we can't just mm -hmm. assume that like. And sometimes I hear like you know astrology videos where people are like Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius, and everyone has like this very optimistic like view of like the age of Aquarius. I have the opposite view. I have more of the ancient view, which is Saturn. Saturn. And, yeah. and it's a, it's, um, it's a dark age. It's a silver age. Like we're running into the future of technology and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's all about freedom and enlightenment. It could very well be the opposite and be like about control and oppression. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of like where technology is heading when people build like robocops and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's only, you know, this is, this is something that amazes me, honest to God is that basically every, you know that every military robotic system that has been built or will be built was built largely by people who as were nerds growing up as kids watching science fiction. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing we should have learned from science fiction is don't give guns to robots. And they are. They're, they, they, 
it never works out well. Uh, DARPA has built Spot, the um, dog robot, and it's got like a camera attached to it, and it can be weaponized. And, you know, these things can't be knocked over. And, you know, eventually, you know, what we're seeing in science fiction could very well come about, which, you know, begs the question, like, is the Age of Aquarius really, you know, is it really ruled by Uranus or is it more or less Saturn, which... You know, the technology aspect is very Saturnian, like technology requires structure and things to yeah. work properly and a, a deep understanding of like metal and uh, circuitry and um, it requires a lot of attention to detail. If, and that's how software works today is if, it, if it's programmed one thing wrong, then the whole thing breaks and crashes, freaks out. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's very much dependent on a structure. And I think that's where, you know, people are overlooking, you know, the, the co- ancient rulers have been time tested. So, you know, um, yeah, so that's kind of like the problem with the outer planets, but we do use them in, in, in Hellenistic astrology just to like gain, gain a little bit more info. But in my astrology, I try to keep it simple. I follow this rule with everything I do. It's called keep it stupid simple. And, Um, I like to try to keep it to just, you know, luminaries and planets and, um, the ascendant and midheaven, whole sign houses, traditional rulers. I try not to add too much into a chart because, uh, unless I'm looking at eclipses, there's no need for me to look at something like the node. Um, and, and occasionally maybe if I'm doing different time Lord techniques, like, um, Zodiacal releasing, maybe I'll use the lot of spirit, a lot of fortune, but even then I, I, I keep it to like special case scenario and not in like my everyday readings. Yeah. So, um, in conclusion, the um, Age of Aquarius, Uranian, hippie dance number thing is a lie. It's really Saturn. Everyone's depressed now. Good night. Drive safe. <laughs> I, just, I have to say that. So, <laughs> it's just, but it, so anyway, let me just kind of wrap things up here. Where where do people find you and or Astrolo Geeks and or what you do? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook. I'm, I still have room for a few thousand more friends. Um... Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, um, at Astrologeeks, uh, US. Yeah, at Astrologeeks US. It took me a second to remember that. Um, Instagram at, um, Astrologeeks. And, uh, you can also just visit the website, astrologeeks.com. Um, and you, you can find, um, right now we do have the, the, uh, news app, the Astrologeeks news app, um, on the Google Play Store. Uh, so if you want to, you know, read Matthew Curry's articles, uh, he writes some, Pretty hilarious um, articles. Uh, I hear he's a swell guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely. And, and it sends push notifications whenever a new article comes out. Um, yeah, and if I could actually interject one last time, I actually wanted to talk about, you know, some of the features that are coming up with the Astro Cloud app. Yeah, yeah. Let's do okay, it. so because um, so, we kind of sidetracked a little bit. Um, so it's not just cloud-based astrology where um, – where a like all the calculations are done from the server and then pushed back to the app, um, mm-hmm. but also all your database entries are saved to the cloud too. So whatever you enter on the app, it gets saved to the website, and whatever you save on the website can be accessed through the app, and you can use multiple devices and access all your uh, database entries. Uh, another separating factor of the AstroCloud app that's different than um, all the other astrology apps out there is that it uses Google for everything including okay. uh, getting the location. So it, it's kind of raised the bar on um, chart accuracy because it takes it to the next level where if you knew the exact address of, like, let's say, the hospital that you were born at or had an exact mm-hmm. address for, like, um, okay. a solar return or something like that, you could just punch in the exact place, exact address. And that's, that's, that's important, kind of, because, like, you know, I've got some pricey software I run on my computer. But if you type in uh, a place of birth as New York, New York, it gives you one exact location. Like, New York exists on a dot. Yeah. And it's much larger than that in practice. So. Yeah, and, and the whole thing is, it, it could be a few miles away from, like, the place that the uh, chart's being calculated at, which makes a difference of, like, a minute or so, but uh, a couple minutes, but um, it is... You want that higher accuracy. You want to like capture that exact pinpoint place of of, of breath of uh, where life was, yeah. you know, con- conceived. And um, so that's kind of like one of the other major things that um, separates the Astro Cloud from other apps. On top of that, it does have like 20 different calculations, which gives it more of a robust outline and layout. Um, so yeah. you get you get to do all sorts of various calculations and 
Um, my goal is to make it so that way if you click on something, it gives you an interpretation for it as well. That, and also, it's just, it's just really good looking. I, I'm a graphic designer. Um, I've been doing that since, like, I was in high school. So, for me, it's all about beauty. I have to make sure that everything's beautiful. And I like starry backgrounds. I really do. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a classic look. It looks good. And that's, that's what we want to do is we want to make it look good and make it really, like, um, easy to use and very intuitive. Like, it's in very native Android. So, you know, it, it basically is, like, laid out like a Google app. Um, yeah. Another thing about the Azure Cloud app that's um, really interesting is that I've just started building a, a notification system. So you can opt in to getting uh, push notifications on your device when uh, planets make transits uh, in real time. So it's not like you wake up in the morning and it's like, here's, you know, the aspects for the day. No, it'll happen in real time. So uh, it helps you, especially this is, I find it useful for the astrologer as well, where you can like start watching events around you in real time. And start to say, hey, this okay. happened right around, you know, there's going to be a lot of synchronicity when it comes to, like, you know, witnessing events transpire and then watching them as they happen uh, when you get a notification. And yeah. and just like Facebook, it'll you get a history of notifications. So you can refer to that history of notifications and say, ah, OK, you can capture it and then, you know, get an interpretation for it. And, and it's not just mundane. Uh, I am going to be trying to build a... Um, uh, transits to natal aspect and then have like uh, a prioritized alert for annually perfected time lord aspects so you know which which okay. aspects it'll say like you know you know um uh priority uh transit alert or something like that you know um urgent tran transit alert so for example i'm in a aries perfection myself it's my seventh house because i'm libra rising i'm 30 years old and um you know i, w I would like to keep an eye on mars since the last couple of Mars, you know, at my Mars return in the Mars waxing square, I got in car accidents. So I'm going to lay low at the Mars opposition <laughs> coming in November. Yeah. But, yeah. Take it easy. Yeah. But also <laughs> transits from other planets to like the natal Mars, you know, uh, uh, you got to keep an eye out, you know. And that's just the, how the annual perfections work is you want to prioritize which transits are more important. And then... I yeah. think what I want to do is after the initial release of the app and the app, so far I've shown some people like demonstrations of it and people really like it. I think it'll, it'll be, um, way, it'll take off way quicker and way better than the website will just because, you know, when you go to a website, it takes a lot of work. You have to put in a dot com and like all this other stuff and then have to log yeah. in and all this other stuff. So I want to keep you, I want to keep it easy for everybody. Um, but in the meantime, there's still nothing wrong with checking out, um, astrologeeks.com. Yeah, no. In fact, if you um if you sign up now, I mean we do have free memberships, but I'm going to be soon changing uh the membership levels uh since, you know, we want to make it Here's the thing about Google Maps is that it's not free. You know, you have like x amount of like um queries we can make with the Google Maps before they start okay. charging us. So, I am going to have to figure out a way to like help cover those costs because that is um that could, if everybody gets on it, you know, it could get kind of expensive. Um, yeah. So I will figure it out. No, no worries. Um, we do have some loyal members right now, and um, you know, the, this website does do a lot um, enough as it is, and um, it is more secure than like Astrodynst. Um, okay. One of the things about Astrodynst, and you know, I see everyone's like Astro.com, Astro.com, is that. Astrodyne's lets you know right off the bat, like when you um, start entering database entries, is that it says, hey, you know, all these charts are publicly available. They, they have a lot of security issues. Um, they have a problem keeping H uh, HTTPS across the site, which is um, encryption. Uh, I did not know this. Yeah, there's a lot of um, issue with, with using that site uh, as far as, like, security is concerned and vulnerability. Um, plus, it's a mess. Like, it hasn't been updated since it was built. Um, so uh, their whole focus is like creating reports, 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 but you know, it's, it's a mess. And, yeah. and even, even then I plan on even re redesigning my website. So to make it a little bit easier for people too. um, it's a work in progress. I have carpal tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah. And then eventually in the future of this app, I want to take it to the next level and hopefully sometime next year. Um, after we've debuted this first iteration, I would like to make it have Google Voice interactions. 
um, okay. basically make it more like an artificial intelligence. That's not learning. It's not the, like the AI that like can learn everything about you. It's pre-programmed virtual intelligence. So I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to like, you know, you could say like, um, you could ask it, you know, where's the moon right now and just do it with the voice interaction. Now you don't even have to open up the app. You can just, you know, ask Google and, you know, you could ask like, what's my transits right now? And, you know, ask certain questions. Right. And have that Google Voice interaction that allows you to, like, use this app seamlessly and having it run in the background, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you can just uh, eventually get to the point where, you know, can you tell me where the moon is? And it'll tell you the moon is currently void, of course, in Pisces. Go ahead, have another beer. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> void, of course, is, de- is definitely um, one of the buggier things I'm trying to work out because... Um, it's a little slow to run, but it can be done. Um, yeah. I, I just, I have to find out where the bugs are at. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that, um, the Swiss ephemeris doesn't work on a local server. So I have to test things on the live server. So I have to like, yeah, it's a lot to do. Plus I'm like super busy with like everything else I'm doing right now. <laughs> That's, you know, and it's funny because when it comes to that level of, uh, technical expertise, uh, back in the early nineties, I was like on the cutting edge of public access internet. Like back when you had to, you, before Windows, when you had to manually network computers. Um, but since then I've kind of turned into the old guy who doesn't know how to work their own control. <laughs> well, that's kind of the problem with, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the astrological, um, I don't want to say community, but the astrological world is that a lot of these softwares and websites like were built like in the nineties. Uh, maybe even earlier. I know the first iteration of Solar Fire was a DOS program. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh, they're aging, uh, the people, the developers that built them. Um, they're not catching up with the times. And that's not good because eventually robots and hackers will be able to like compromise the online sites that aren't up to date and aren't most secure. Um, uh. And robots and hackers. There's your, there's your age of Aquarius, right? Uh huh. And, and, and another thing is that like, you know, users eventually are going to drop those websites since they're so cluttered and they're not designed well. They're not designed for, um, mobile that well. Like they're really messy. And, um, you know, it's a lot of, it's like a wall of text for a lot of these, um, apps, even solar fire as useful as, as it is, um, it, it is, it needs a UI update. It needs to be much more intuitive. Um, I find myself running, at, like, looking at the app and, like, just, like, what do I do? How do I run this? Because, yeah. you know, technology is leaning towards making uh, the user interface, um, friendly for even the most novice of people. Um, yeah. and that's where, like, like, you know, iconography comes in and, like, we want to, uh, and navigation, like, we really want to make, um, you really want to keep up with the times of that. And that's where a lot of these companies and like a lot of these, um, uh, uh, softwares are like starting to fall behind is, um, they're not saving to cloud, you know, they're not saving to the cloud. They're not secure. Um, their user interface is clunky and people are just like right now. I, I know a lot of people are like dependent on them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the reason why people aren't like, um, totally dependent on certain astrology apps for their phones because, um, they don't have all the same, like, um, expanded functionality that some of these, like, you know, desktop softwares do. And, right. and so really, honestly, like, uh, and I imagine in the next, like, 10 years, those, um, softwares and websites will be obsolete. Yeah. Hopefully we won't be. No, no, I won't be. I'm, I, I, I mean, as far as I can help it, I will not let that happen. Um, yeah. And that's because technology is in a whole new place right now that, um, you can't, you can't just uh, have a website and not expect to maintain it now. Um, yeah. you know, and that's kind of like the problem with a lot of the websites that like, I, I have to like, I have to come and rescue people sometimes. And oftentimes the website's out of date. It's been compromised. They haven't changed servers. There's not a firewall. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge mess. And, you know, I have to end up saving a lot of websites from, um, ma- malicious attacks. Like you won't believe mm. how common it is for, if you have a website, eventually, especially if it's like a WordPress website, eventually it's going to get compromised mm. and, um, it's going to get breached. And if you don't keep your software up to date and if you don't have the proper protections in place, 
you know, you're going to run into risk of, of, of injection on your site. And an injection is like when someone puts malicious code into your database or on your website and, um, then you get blacklisted by Google. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, that, and that's, like I said, it's just the problem with all this old software is that it needs to, and I'm, I'm hoping maybe one day I can provide a solution for that where I can mm, somehow team up with some of these uh, companies and provide, um, the AstroCloud database service to these applications. Um, that way, you know, we can at least start making so that way, like, you know, maybe it'd be nice to have SolarFire be able to save to my cloud, you know? And then yeah. you can access your database entries, you know, from different devices. Yeah. And maybe if I could go in and help them, I'd redesign the interface. <laughs> clearly, clearly we need more of you. Uh, I, I wish there was more of me. I wouldn't have carpal tunnel if there was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, uh, everyone, uh, drop by astrologeeks.com. You know, it was great talking to you. We covered a lot of stuff and then it was all pretty cool. Well, hopefully we can talk more in the future. I definitely have a lot to say. Oh, yeah. Definitely have a lot to say. Um, okay. uh, def- I mean, I've done, I've done lectures and taught some techniques, you know, um, uh, one of my specialties is return charts. So maybe in the future we could like talk about, um, another technique and just focus, you know, primarily on like a technique or something. Okay. You know? Oh, you know what? Yeah. I've already got an idea for that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely open. You'll see me around more. Um, right on. and, and, you know, try and catch me on live stream. If you're a friend of mine on Facebook, I do do live streams and try to do some, you know, online courses and stuff like that too. So right on. It was really good. Talking yeah. To you. Thank you. I really appreciate this. I'd like to thank Joseph again for being on the show. And I'd like to thank most of all you for dropping by and spending some time with me. Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking to Mecca Woods. That's going to be exciting. And I'll have an announcement of some importance about some kind of important thing that I'm going to be doing soon on this podcast. And you get to participate. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Anyway, until next time, I'm your friendly neighborhood astrologer, Matthew Curry. Make sure you write me for a free ebook. The address is astrologyshow at gmail.com. And as always, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what sign you are, as the Black Panther told us, Yibambe. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,